Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Good morning Russell. Good morning, Good morning everyone. And we say, Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for a new day and a new week that you have given us. And we come together in one spirit to praise and to honor you, to worship you and to thank you, Lord, for the week gone by, for the wonderful weekend that's restful. We thank you, Lord, for all the good things that you have showered us with, for your revelations, for your wisdom, for your guidance, for understanding that you provide us through the spirit. When you reveal to us mysteries in your word and what it really means and how to apply it in our lives, we thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with a powerful teaching on Friday. That every week you open our eyes to deeper mysteries that will help us improve our prayer life. We thank you, Lord, that it helps us improve our Christian experience as well. And we thank you that you continue to pour your peace and joy into our hearts. That peace which no one else can give and no one can take away. And the joy that helps us stand strong, leaving all our problems are outside that door. Lock ourselves in our secret place with you in the spirit. And to make our prayer. We share that same peace and joy with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and this praying family. With all those that are Christians that do not know you and all those that have gone away or turned away from you do not want to know you. We share it also with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this prayer group today and those that have no one to pray to them, pray for them. We ask for a quickening in the spirit, Lord. And we ask for forgiveness for sins. So that out of that repentance, we receive your grace. And it is that grace that then brings healing. It brings your miracles. That transformation in our hearts, a change in its state from one that was inclined towards sin to one that now detests it and turn away from it. That humble and contrite heart, your word in Psalm 51 says you will not despise. We come to you, Lord, in that repentance. And we ask for a fresh filling from your spirit. We come to draw and drink from you as our well of the truth, of source, of life. In the spirit. And we call on your name. The name of our father, the great I am, the maker. The one who is able to make all things abound towards us. Whose hand is never short to redeem us. The one who is faithful and is the preserver of men. And we pray in the name of his son Jesus. The one who is a rock. Our refuge. Our hope. The sheep gate through which we can enter into the father's kingdom. The way, the truth and the life. The Lord who heals. This is what Isaiah 54 was then says. The one who is our daily bread. And we pray in the name of his spirit, 
the spirit of the living god the spirit of the maker of the universe the strongest and most powerful force in the universe god himself who has now made his tabernacle within us and gives life to our mortal body the breath of the father living within us so that our spirit is activated and made alive it is he who quickens us that we are charged in the spirit to hear from the father and when we keep hearing what he says that is where our faith comes in it is he who gives us the measure of faith his gift in the spirit that we are able to hold on to what we have believed and see its manifestation we thank you father that you have blessed us with the gift of your word and your spirit knowing that this was your recipe for creation and you spoke it your spirit executed it we thank you lord that you have blessed us with family with friends with angels with destiny help us you have blessed us with every resource that we need every provision you make available that we shall lack nothing when you are our shepherd we thank you lord that you have blessed us with the gift of prayer so that when we understand that relationship with you and what it's meant to be that prayer becomes effective that it is a legal process not one of pleading we thank you father as we make our prayer and our reflection this day i cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make by the precious blood of jesus also cover every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group by your precious blood lord and we declare that as our hedge of protection our barricade in the spirit that every force of wickedness that comes against it or even in proximity that it be judged by the fire of heaven in the name of jesus we put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your holy pure and perfect will father that which you have willed for these your children the thought that you think towards each of us we call for that to take effect to be implemented we call the angel of the lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm sin danger accident injury pilfering theft hijacking terrorism and any kind of natural disasters i command that angelic protection in the mighty and powerful name of jesus we also herald the power in our word remembering that life and death is in the power of our tongue as we proclaim your word from isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11 lord that says as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater so is our word that goes out of each of our mouths this day and we declare that it will not return to us empty but will accomplish the purpose for which we send it the purpose that we desire when we send it in faith in the mighty and powerful name of jesus thank you lord today i'd like to start a two part series which we will conclude tomorrow on a common question about our prayer 
should we beg or command in prayer? We face this question many times and I've heard different opinions. Some say we should request. Others believe we need to plead. Maybe we can get down on our knees. And there are other views that say we should command. What do you think is the right way to pray? And is it biblical? And let's reflect on that today and tomorrow. Now, prayer can take on two different forms. We see one in John 14, verse 13 and 14, where Jesus says, if we ask the Father anything in his name, he will do it for us. This is asking. The asking type of prayer. And then there is decreeing. Where you would hear people say, I decree in the name of Jesus. This is commanding. And I'd like to reflect more on this kind today. And then we will touch upon when do you use them? When do you use asking and when do you use commanding? But Jesus never pleaded. That's one thing to note. Jesus never pleaded anywhere during his prayer. Neither did he teach we should do that. So begging is not the right form of Christian prayer. Last week we reflected on commanding your morning as part of your daily routine. Job 22 verse 28 says, Thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. So what does it mean to decree then? When you know you can decree, what does it mean to decree? A decree is a command or an order that is made. And this command naturally can only come or only be given by one who has the authority to command. Do you have that authority to command? Without that authority, the order has no value and will not be honored. That authority must be backed by a governing body that has the power over that territory. And because that governing body has that authority and you are saying it under the authority of that governing body or that government, then your word has power. For that, you need to be part of that government. You need to be a representative of that government. For example, we can't change road signs or laws by decreeing from our own house just because we didn't like them or we think there's a better way to do them even if your way is making sense. You still can't decree and change it. It is only the traffic department backed by the government of that state or that country can change those traffic laws. The only way that you or I could do it is if we are in charge of or managing that traffic portfolio, we have the authority 
in that traffic department to make that decision, to decide on that rule, and we are backed by that government, only then can you make or that decree or can you command. I hope you are getting that connection between the person commanding and the government that backs that command. That is the same in God's kingdom as well. Remember, it is now a kingdom that is run by laws, systems, and a government. The other part that is played is one that then executes these rules. So one is the one that makes commands and the other is the one that executes these rules or enforces these laws. Again, it, in this case of traffic, it is the same traffic department that enforces that law or ensures that it is being followed by people within that territory. The person carrying this authority simply needs to quote that rule or that law. And he can pull up offenders not obeying them, not obeying the rules because of the power or the authority that is given to him. For example, a policeman, a traffic policeman, just let's just stick with the same example. A traffic policeman can stop people by the road that are speeding or that are exceeding the speed limit. Or a court judge that quotes the law and passes judgment on someone that has broken the law. And they are issued fines or they are issued punishments. So such person in authority need only quote the law based on their authoritative position and that is enough. Are you given authority in God's kingdom? If a Christian has authority in God's kingdom, then he can command by quoting the rule that is mentioned in God's law. And the offender will be judged for it. But the question here is, does every Christian have that authority? To understand that, let's go back to Genesis, the book of Genesis. God made man as a manager of creation and he made man in his own image and likeness. That means man can look like God and can speak or command like him. And he does not beg or plead. He is the king. So as a manager of that king, man is given authority and dominion over the earth realm. That is essentially what Genesis 1 verse 28 means. As his manager, as his ambassador, or as his representative that governs this realm, man is given dominion over the earth realm. He becomes an enforcer of God's laws and rules in this territory, that is the earth realm. He has been given dominion, which means he is given all control over this realm. But man sinned and so lost the authority. Genesis 3 verse 23 and 24 tell you that God drove man out of the Garden of Eden, symbolizing a stripping off of his authority. Or should we say he was thrown out of the kingdom? No authority within the kingdom. 
by removing him out of the boundaries of the kingdom. However, God wanted that relationship with men. He wanted it restored. And through this restoration also, the dominion would be returned back to men. Men would once again have dominion over the earth realm. So it's only a restored man whose relationship with God has been restored then is one who will carry that authority. Such a person can then command in their place of prayer based on that renewed, restored relationship with God. And that only happens through salvation. That is the only place of restoration back into the kingdom. We shall reflect more on that in our second part today, uh, tomorrow, where we will touch upon what Jesus said to Nicodemus about the kingdom. And we shall reflect further on commanding in the place of prayer and then the asking as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we gain that understanding of what you are trying to teach us through your word. That we gain an understanding more importantly of your kingdom, which Jesus spoke of in so many parables. So that when we realize what the kingdom is and how it operates, and then what is our role in there, then it becomes so much more easier to look through your word, understand your principles, knowing that those are all principles of that kingdom. Your prophecies, your promises. And then when we speak that word, we speak your will. We ask for an edification, Lord, a revelation be made known to each of us so that in our place of prayer, when we are clear on how to use your word, then that abundance, that dominion that Jesus came to give has come to us. When we repent of all our ways and turn our hearts away from all that is wicked from the ways of the world, refusing to conform to those, and out of that repentance, when we come to you and receive your gift of the Spirit in salvation, are baptized in the Spirit, then your kingdom has come to us. We ask for that edification, Lord, in the Spirit. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease. Those that are hospitalized will undergo any kind of procedures this day. We pray for all families that are embattled, that are facing any kind of division or separation. For all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially addiction, any kind of compulsive behaviors. In every ploy of the enemy, seeking to keep your people busy, prayerless, poor and ignorant. We come against it in the name of Jesus and declare those chains broken. Father, let your light shine, let your anointing touch these lives. So that through the knowledge of your word and the revelation by your spirit, there is a revival in these souls. And your kingdom comes to them. They can no longer live under that bondage. But there is freedom where the spirit of the Lord is. 
We pray also for our own personal needs and those of our families and our friends. Especially those that are not yet saved. Father, I thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And when we release our prayer in faith, making it our prayer of agreement with each other, that prayer made in the spirit under an open heaven must bring manifestation. We believe that we have received every word that we pray for. We thank you, Father, for that answered prayer. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift of tongues. Release your tongue and your faith. And speak. If you would like to go back to Friday's teaching where that prayer was made in the end, a powerful prayer for the gift of tongues. I'd recommend going back there and starting again with that prayer. The Holy Spirit wants you to have that gift. But we need to go with a hungry heart. Open to receive. Let us now make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ya 
In agreement with every prayer released here on this platform this morning, Lord, we say Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture that's been put on my heart this morning is from Galatians 5.1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. The first one is from Ephesians 5 verses 15 to 17, where it is written, Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And the second one is quoted from the Amplified Bible, taken from Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 to 7, which says, Let your gentle spirit. That is your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience. Be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything that is in every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these reflections, as also Brother Savio's reflections that are being shared on all our social media channels as well as our Telegram group, please share those with your family and friends. I'd encourage you to, re to read Brother Savio's reflection that he has posted last night as well. The one on God's faithfulness to trample down snakes. It is related to this morning's topic. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us 
in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day and a great week, everyone. And remember to speak, to command your morning and command your week ahead. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Russell. God bless you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Russell. God bless you, everyone. Thank you, Russell.